It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It has been a crazy day of tampering as we record on Monday night. It's about 8.30 Eastern time as we start recording here. The Bengals, predictably, haven't done a whole lot, but we'll talk about what they have done and what targets of theirs have gone elsewhere, or targets of ours, more realistically. Catch you up on what's going on in the rest of the AFC North. So we're going to start by covering the roster moves the Bengals have actually made. And then we're going to talk about some of the contracts that have happened in the open market later on in the show. We'll talk about whether we would have made the deal or not. We'll talk about some of the best guys remaining out there because I think it is a little too soon to panic. But we'll get into all that a little bit later in the show. We're going to start out, though, with the obvious expected news from the Bengals. And we'll talk about the outcomes there. The Bengals headlines today essentially start and end. At they franchised AJ Green. He will be a cap hit of just north of $17.5 million this year. And they issued four restricted free agent original round tenders to the guys that we thought they would, starting with importantly, most importantly, Josh Tupo. They also extended one to Brandon Wilson, who led the NFL in kick returning before he was injured last year. Seathan Carter, who is an important special teamer and has a potential role on offense if they don't make any other moves at tight end. And Alex Redmond, who will be competing, I think, for a roster spot when camp comes around. So let's talk about these in sequence, Joe. The franchise tag for A.J. Green, as we all expected, comes to fruition today. 
Yeah, I, that's exactly what we expected to happen, and they had to make that move. I, it sounded like at least they are interested in extending him, and I think that's still on the table. They have till July 15th to get one done. But Green has said in the past that he won't show up for offseason activities, and actually, as we sit here today, there may not be any offseason activities, so that may not be something we have to worry about. I think if the Bengals see Green healthy in some way or form, uh, an extension could take place. I think that's what the feeling is from the beat writers and several guys have written the same thing. Essentially the Bengals want to see if he's healthy and if he's healthy, then they'll give him an extension. They don't want to see him go out there for a workout, get hurt again right away. Maybe he aggravates a toe injury because he has these recurrent toe injury now. And then they're, then they might sit there and say, you know what, you can play out your one year deal and everyone kind of loses in, in that outcome. But we're hoping that he's healthy and that, they get a nice extension done. I guess it's also worth noting, we didn't mention this at the top of the show, the NFL draft today, they said, will not have an in-person fan component, but they are currently expecting that it will not move back. So the date as of today, as of Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, is not moving. So the Bengals can still draft Joe Burrow in a few weeks, so at least we got that going. That's the fun thing on the horizon. Yes, that's what we've got to look forward to. But as the uh, restricted free agent tenders go, I think we expected those four guys to get them. I was surprised that none of them got a second round tender. Uh, they all got original rounds. So if someone wants to go out and sign Josh Tupio, they could easily with no compensation to the Bengals at all. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen or not. But point being is those four guys will count for $8.5 million, just over $2 million for each one of them. And when you look at it, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's more money than Joe Mixon's set to earn this year. So guys that make $2 million typically make your roster. It looks like, at the very least, as you said, Alex Redman may be the lowest on the totem pole there, but could potentially make this roster and be in a battle at one of the guard spots. I think he'll have a battle. And I think that there's just so many other players at the position at this point, especially if they add literally anyone that I have a hard time imagining him making the team. But we've said this about Redmond for the last three right. years, two years, and we've been surprised every time. And I agree with you. I was surprised that they didn't go for the second round tender on Josh Trupo. It's a different of a difference of a million dollars. And they've lost a player that they liked being Andrew Hawkins to the Browns on a restricted free agent or vision round tender before. And Josh Tupo is currently their only real interior defensive lineman option, unless they're really counting on Rennell Wren alongside Geno Atkins. They have no one else that can really play the nose tackle position, as Andrew Billings is an unrestricted free agency. So that is why I thought that he might get a second-round tender. The rest of these guys, uh, totally unsurprised. Original round makes a lot of sense for all of them, and I, I don't think they're too upset if they lose any of those other guys, but I think that Josh Tupo has a bit of underrated importance given the current roster construction. Right, because of Andrew Billings being a free agent. You know, if he was under contract, I'd completely understand putting this tender offer on Tupo. But um, there has been no news on Billings. Actually, there, this free agency is very weird, right? There's not much news on any of these guys until they sign. They cannot take visits. They can't go out for physicals. So really, this negotiation is being done virtually, and these guys and teams are agreeing Two contracts. And speaking of which, the Bengals did lose one player. Clayton Fedulum, their special teams captain, is leaving Cincinnati. He is going to sign with the Miami Dolphins on a three-year contract. And that's a little weird, right? Three years, $3 million a year on day one of free agency. See the same thing with Nick Kwiatkowski, who the Bengals don't end up signing. 
a three-year, $7 million a year deal on day right. one of free agency. So we're not hearing a whole lot until it happens, but we did hear that the Bears are inquiring about a bunch of quarterbacks, and we'll have to monitor that as the week progresses, as that is one trade partner for the Bengals potentially with Andy Dalton. And I think that this is pretty much just waiting for some of the other quarterback dominoes to fall. The Bears couldn't get it done with Teddy Bridgewater, which was a little bit of a, a heart stopper, right? In terms of the mm-hmm. actually having teams bidding against each other for Andy Dalton services. It's going to depend on where Tom Brady goes, largely. Because if, if the Bengals can pit New England against... So it's either New England or Tampa against the Bears, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those two teams is probably going to end up with Tom Brady at this point. Yeah, because the Colts can't trade for him, really, because they just traded for... They could. Uh, DeForest Buckner. Sure, they could, but they'd be out of picks, uh, you know, at that point. If it gets into a bidding war and they got to go up to a second rounder, well, I mean, I don't think they want to do that at all. It seems like it's destined for a Philip Rivers signing. Yeah, we really want the picks this year, but if Indy offered you next year's second sure. round pick. Of course. That's something reasonable. That's a, that's a very reasonable offer. But I think this is playing out exactly the way, kind of how we feared but expected also because you look at the Bears picks for forever. It's like Bears. That makes sense. Everyone say Bears. And then you actually look at their picks and they don't have a first rounder. They don't have a third rounder. Their fourth rounder is pick 31 in the fourth round. They have two second round picks. Mm-hmm. To them, that's their lifeblood of draft picks. That's all they have. That is all they have in terms of premium picks. For them to give up one of those is extreme. And then you see it from Michael Lombardi. He tweets, the issue there is that they don't want to give up those second-round picks. The Bengals are probably saying, we want a second-rounder for Dalton. And they're just saying, we just can't do it. We just can't have one second, and then that's it. And and so I think they would love to offer that fourth-round pick, the Bears, and the Bengals are looking at it like, we don't want that late fourth-round pick for Andy Dalton. We need something more than that. So someone's got to get creative here. And I don't feel like it's going to be the Bengals, but we got to look at this thing outside the box. That's why when we did these uh, mock drafts sometimes, we would say, well, maybe you get a uh, – a fourth rounder or a second rounder and you give them that your your third rounder your fourth rounder you find a way to move it around you get a pick for next year you get a performance pick that maybe you don't see this year which is you got to maximize them somehow but i hope here's what i hope is that they're not being stubborn in the way they did with aj mccarron right they they wanted that second and third round pick from the from the browns and the browns said we'll, we'll give you a second and they said no we want that other pick and then the clock's ticking clock's ticking well, we want that other pick. How about just a second? Nope, we want it. All right, here we're at the deadline. We'll give it to you. And the fax machine doesn't go through. And, of course, it doesn't because that's a crazy amount of money to give or picks to give for Agent McCarron. And I don't want the Bears to go out and find someone else, Nick Foles or a free agent, and the Bengals are left holding on to Andy Dalton. Here's the thing. Uh, the, the Bears have no cap space left. They, they're, it's not going to be a free agent. That's why they couldn't get it done with Bridgewater. They have $4 million left on their caps. So they would have to make some crazy moves to make that work. They'd have to... Cut Leonard Floyd, Allen Robinson, uh, Kyle Long. Although Kyle Long, was he retiring? I think he is, yeah. So that should come off eventually. Yeah. Some of it. So so maybe they have $12 million. That's still not but enough. The- for, and, and if they want to get Foles, that means they're asking Jacksonville to take an $8 million, $18 million dead cap hit. Which means I think Jacksonville is probably asking more for Foles. Jacksonville is probably doing the same exact thing. They're saying, you give us a second or we're not trading. And at that point... I feel like the preference has got to be for Andy Dalton. This this might bleed over a little bit into our next segment when we start to talk about what's going on in the rest of the league. We'll focus on the AFC North, I think, a little bit because a lot is happening there. And we'll look at some of the other deals around the league that the Bengals may or may not have had any interest in. Uh, we'll get to all that in just a minute here. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Free agent wackiness has started, and it's not even supposed to really start yet, but teams are obviously just going right in. Legal tampering just means start signing players, and in this weird uh NFL situation and world situation, I should say, it seems to be going even more rapid as teams and players are getting their guys and getting their money, no matter what tier they are. Normally we see these top guys go right away. Instead, it's a mixed bag. But the wackiest moves or the weirdest ones, or even the, if it was the Bengals, maybe the coolest one would have been Calais Campbell going from the Jaguars to the Ravens for a fifth round pick. Because of course, right, the Ravens just seem to know how to find these guys. They spent a fifth rounder to get Marcus Peters last year, and he was fantastic for them. There was DeAndre Hopkins going from the Texans to the Cardinals for David Johnson and a swap of a second and a fourth round pick. I don't even care about the picks at that point. It's just stupid. Um, But man, I love Kyler Murray in that offense with those weapons. And I'm buying all the shares of that, especially if they can get an offensive tackle somewhere in round one. Um, what else? There was another trade, too. Oh, Hayden Hurst from yeah. the Ravens to the Falcons after the Falcons lost Austin Hooper to the Browns, which I think the Ravens won that one again because who really wants Hayden Hurst in his 35-year-old third-year tight end self? <laughs> there was one more trade that we already mentioned. DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick and a hefty contract from the Niners to the Colts. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about, and, and not much, but that Houston trade makes you feel good about being a Bengals fan. Because, man, that is maybe the worst trade in the history of the NFL. You, you, get, you get a beat-down running back. You don't even get cap relief. And you get a second-round pick for a top-five wide receiver in the NFL in the middle of your quarterback's rookie contract window. I mean, Deshaun Watson's got to be kicking him. All the Houston players were pissed. And he's got three years left on his deal, and, and they trade him because they're unwilling to extend him. This is how you ruin your franchise quarterback on his rookie deal. When I'm talking yeah. about the Bengals. This is how you do it. Do exactly what they've done lately with Jadavion Clowney and uh, who's the tackle? Dwayne Brown. And then now Trey, um, DeAndre Hopkins. Jesus, man. I mean, what are you doing, Texans? And Bill O'Brien being the de facto GM. This is why teams Terrible. need GMs, Bengals. Well, at least they have a GM that isn't also the head coach. And and at yep. least that guy answers to somebody sort of. I mean, not, the, not that I'm defending the Bengals here. The Bengals, like, are not run well. And we're going to talk about that. But they're, they're not trading DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of balls. And it's just, man, I'm with you on the buy Kyler Murray thing. And then let's talk a little bit about the Ravens here because I think they're actually – having an incredible start to the free agency period. And they haven't even gotten into the free agency market. As far as I know, they trade Hayden Hurst, who mm-hmm. doesn't really have a role on that team. He's a, he's essentially a backup tight end. He, he's he got a job that any replacement level tight end in, in the NFL can probably do okay, but he was a first round pick. So he returns a second round pick and, and they swap a late 
fourth round pick for an early fifth round pick that they then actually use in the Calais Campbell trade or well use in the Calais Campbell trade. So I guess this has probably been done for a while because yeah. they, they used the pick for Calais Campbell, which was announced before. So essentially the Ravens trade Hayden Hurst, a fourth and a fifth for a second and Calais Campbell. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and then they they signed Michael Brockers also to add to that defensive line. So if they weren't a handful okay. already for the Bengals, um, that was their first dip in the free agency. Okay. That is a scary defensive line. Yeah, I missed that they had signed Brockers, and they franchised Matt Judon. The Steelers uh, cut some dead weight just to round out the AFC North here. I guess we haven't talked about the rest of the Browns moves either. Steelers cut some dead weight. They cut Mark Barron, who was terrible. For them, they cut Anthony Ciccolo, and they made one other cut that doesn't matter. The Steelers, yeah. though, are, are in negative cap space right now. And this is relevant for yep. a reason that yep. we're going to talk about in a minute here. The Browns uh, made a bunch of big moves, as the Browns do in free agency. They signed Jack Conklin to a pretty reasonable deal, all things considered. Mm-hmm. They signed Austin Hooper, make him the highest paid tight end in football. I don't know if he still is, but he was for the moment, just barely. Not a true reset of the market at tight end, as you see a lot of times at these positions. And I feel like there was one other move the Browns made. Am I forgetting something? No, you're not. They lost some players that went to other teams, but uh, depth guys, Eric Murray and things like that. Right. Uh, the Yeah, I think the Browns have done well. And they typically, or at least feels recently, they've, they're splashy in free agency and they're continuing that. But getting a tackle obviously helps them. And getting a tight end to round out that offense, That's that's potentially, again, a pretty good offense. Uh, but yeah, but the Bengals, right? So here we are, these other teams, I guess the Steelers really haven't made too much other than cutting dead weight, which is valuable to point out because the Bengals are sitting here trying to trade Andy Dalton, maybe waiting to trade Andy Dalton to make a move. And they haven't been linked to anybody that we know of other than I was told they were in on Nick Kwiatkowski, which is a good move and a good thing to hear. They ultimately did not get him, and he went to the Oakland Raiders at linebacker, if you didn't hear that news. Uh, But other than that, it seems as though we're left in the dark as to what they're trying to accomplish with their $36 million in cap space that some have argued is a lot less than actually that. Because they're counting Andy Dalton as if he's still on the roster, they're counting the rookie money, they're properly assuming that the Bengals aren't going to get creative with the cap because they never do. They aren't going to make cap cuts. They hardly ever do. They don't cut guys to shed salary very often. They don't restructure contracts ever. I looked, Joe and I looked the other day and we couldn't find a single contract when you Google Bengals restructure contract. No results. I'm sure we're missing something in the last 10 years, but I can't remember anything. And so the Bengals do not use all of the tools at their disposal to maximize their space against the cap. They're like the only team in the NFL that actually behaves as if the cap is real. Right. It's not real. If you're wondering what that means, you there's so many loopholes and flexibility you're offered to manage and stay under the cap that somebody like the Steelers are, are not, not sweating a few million over. The Chiefs are not sweating being a few million over. You don't have to be under for a long time until the season starts. So uh, these teams have a lot of money. The Bengals, it, you know, it this largely comes from Jeff Hobson writes his yearly piece saying the Bengals really don't have that much to spend. Ben Baby wrote something today saying the Bengals really only have about $4 million to spend after everything. 
and it's really just not true. It's it's what they decide to do, how they want to act, how they how conservative they actually want to be, and they apparently would like to be very conservative. Uh, as we sit here, Jake, and and before we go on to the other free agents that are available, and and you know who's left, right? Um, there are only four tier one guys from the. If you listen to the episode where we went through every free agent that are on our list of potential guys we would like to see the Bengals go after. We did tier one, tier four, through, through tier four, I'm sorry. Um, and currently there's only four tier one players available remaining, and there's eight tier two players. And those were, we were hoping to come away with maybe two of that combined. And as it sits today, uh, are you getting nervous? I'm feeling a little bit like we may not even get a tier two guy. It's been a little weird because we're seeing a lot of these guys get signed earlier than we would expect. We go down and we look at the guys that are signed. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys from our tier three that have mm-hmm. already signed somewhere. Most of the tier one guys that you would expect are, are are signed, but only two of the guys out of our tier two. And one of those is a franchise tag in Leonard Williams. So let's talk about all this and get into the names that are still available. Get into how we should be feeling because that's really why you listen to us, right? You listen to us so that you know how you should be feeling. Should you be freaking out? Are you being reasonable? We will be your sanity check here in the last segment of the show in just a minute. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm not totally freaking out, but I will say once Joe Tooney got franchise tagged by the New England Patriots, I saw what that meant, I think. I think everyone did, or at least you and I, Jake, we were on the same page as we tend to be, um, especially on Twitter at times. It meant meant Graham Glasgow, the free agent guard from the Lions, was going to be the highest paid guard at that point, right? And and then soon as Eric Flowers signed with the Dolphins and got $10 million a year, I want to say, I was like, oh, no, there's no chance on Graham Glasgow. And he signed with the Denver Broncos, who now have Dalton Reisner on the other side of the guard, which just pains me to see those two guys that I really – coveted in each each of their respective opportunities to take them um yeah glasgow got a big deal from from the denver broncos and to me that was the biggest i think uh dagger to the heart other than nick Kwiatkowski, because i i figured he'd be there in a few days and i wonder if the bengals thought so also you know with them being in on it and then he's him signing with the raiders on day one for not a big deal Right, three years, twenty-one million dollars, thirteen million guaranteed. Nothing crazy. Who, who signs out out of the, or stands out out of the guys who have signed for you, Jake? In terms of man, I wanted them. Well, I think the guys that have signed that we were thinking about. It really boils down to Kwiatkowski as far as a contract that the Bengals could have easily given out, and it mm-hmm. would have been reasonable. So here's why I'm not overreacting or I'm not freaking out. So I'm calling. If you're freaking out, I'm calling it an overreaction. Is the implication there? Because I'm not overreacting and I'm not freaking out. And the reason is, what the Bengals have missed, Graham Glasgow, as soon as Joe Tooney was franchised, the Bengals were not even close to in on Graham Glasgow anymore. I don't know if they ever were in the first place. 
as Judd Demusi, who is a TV guy in Cincinnati, you probably know of, pointed out, he, he tagged me in a tweet saying, the Bengals don't value guards. And he's right. right. The Bengals were never going to go out and pay big money to a guard in free agency. Now, they might eventually come back and sign a, I don't know, let's see, who's on our list here? What color is West Schweitzer? Oh, no. Schweitzer got a three years, $13 million deal from the Washington Football Club. Well, I wasn't going to say him. Oh, okay. Keep going. I was going to say one of these tier four guys. Not a tier three. Um, they, the reporter, or I think he's a reporter from Detroit, said a dozen teams were originally in on Graham Glasgow. Yeah, and, and maybe the Bengals were, right? But then Tooney's franchise, Scherf is franchised, and you know that uh, Glasgow is going to go out on the open free agent market, and it's going to cost oh, yeah. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, and while the Bengals do have cap space to play with, if they were to go play in that sandbox or the Javon Hargrave sandbox, he gets $13 million a year. That's all they're doing. And because they don't cut guys, right? They don't restructure contracts. So that's all they're doing, which is, which is why their sandbox is so limited compared to the rest of the NFL. It feels like every year, like even the Packers now, I they know. signed two street free agents in the last couple of days. Good deals. Not even against the comp- compensatory formula because they're going to lose some guys and they're going to get their comp picks anyway. Yeah, and I think you can look at the guaranteed money and know when the Bengals will step into the ring, right? So far, it's all guys getting over $20 million. It's only a couple getting under that. That's why I think Kwiatkowski made the sense there, getting $13 million. That's mm-hmm. in the Bengals' ballpark for where they like to play. Um, anything under $20 million, I think they could get into it if it's a good player. They, they've given Andy Dalton, Geno Atkins, you know, 15 to $18 million. Uh, They've given A.J. Green $28 million before. But they want to, I think, look at last year's guys, even though they spent $29 million guaranteed, they're all under 10 So I, I'm still waiting for those contracts to get to that point before I think the Bengals are going to jump in. And maybe that's Joe Hag at guard, right? Maybe that's Andrew P- Andrews Pete. Maybe that's Vaughn Bell. Maybe that's Danny Shelton or Michael Pierce, Derek Wolf. Okay, but I think we're still a few days from that. I think that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday. Sounds like the market for... Derek Wolf is is pretty big. Ben Albright tweeted that he and Shelby Harris are both demanding more money or commanding more money, maybe is a better word, than the Broncos are comfortable paying. And between those two guys, I'm much more interested in Shelby Harris, but we've talked about that in the past. So let's transition to the best guys available that we think the Bengals could be in on. And I think looking at our Tier 1, it's Corey Littleton, DJ Reader, HaHa Clinton Dix, and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, is there any hope for any of these guys? I don't think so. A cool, it's, the, the market's been cool for Littleton and Schobert just based on their names being out there, right? Like I said earlier, we aren't getting, hey, this guy's going on a visit because you yeah. can't go on visits. So typically you have a better readout of the next three days for these guys. We're not getting that. So we really don't know who is talking to Littleton or Schobert. Um, so I... There was the last report I read right before free agency that Littleton's not going to get what he thinks he's going to get. And then I'm like, okay, and then you don't see anything in day one for him, which I thought we might, then maybe, right? Maybe we're in a situation where if he can do it again for another team, so he takes a one-year deal or a two-year deal, if he's not going to break the bank, he's still young, and he performs well for another team, maybe that's how he gets it. you got to remember, look at Eric Flowers getting $10 million a year. A former first-round pick versus a guy drafted day three or undrafted that's performing well, those those first-round guys always get paid earlier and more than the guys that come out of nowhere. And I think that's Littleton's 
going to struggle with that just a little bit more. And I think the same for Joe Schobert uh, right now. Uh, maybe as a tier two guy, maybe we're talking two more days or a day on him. We'll hear something. But as of right now, they're still there. Yeah, I think that there's a chance that if out of all those tier one guys, Littleton is the only one that I think the Bengals could possibly be in on. Jadavion Clowney is going to be way outside of their ballpark. I think DJ Reader is going to get just a hair less than Javon Hargrave. It'll probably end up at like 12, 12 and a half million a year. Yeah. Bengals aren't going to pay that. And then you get into tier two and we look, okay, maybe Joe Schobert. Uh, for me, Kevin Pierre-Lewis is, is a tier two guy. And, and mm-hmm. I think that maybe that's a little bullish. Maybe he should be, you know, I, I would want to pay him $6 million a year. I wouldn't want to go much higher than that because we talk about Kwiatkowski having limited playing time and, and Pierre-Lewis is even more limited. But how about, how about like a Brian Bulaga? Probably not. How about a Quentin Probably. Jefferson? Maybe. Yep. Maybe the, Brian Poole. Yeah, maybe Kendall say, Fuller. One of these corners, maybe. Maybe Jerron Reed because he yeah. had issues last year. You know, maybe. And that's why I listed earlier Hag, Pete, and Von Bell. because And Danny Shelton, Michael Pierce. I think those are tier three guys. That's I mean, we're, we're at that range now of, okay, this it's kind of same of free agency of last year where they grabbed a bunch of tier three guys and tried to make it work. It, it goes quickly, man. You really mm-hmm. people say, "Well, we got to you got to relax. It's only day one." Yeah, well, here's the table at day one. You're really not dealing with a bunch left out there that you think either fit the price range and fit them. Yeah, we can dream about Corey Littleton, but trying to be realistic, we're down to a handful of guys again. But these were always the guys. True, but now we're down to them. So now there's every team's going to be in play. Once you get into tier two, tier three, that's the thing. Like not every team's willing to spend tier one money. You see the dolphins go get a bunch of them because they are one of the bad teams with a lot of money to spend. Honestly. And they dumped a bunch of cap space last year and got trades. and got the draft picks for them. So they're in position to do that. They're kind of, they tanked and didn't get the first pick, but everything else is in line for them to do what they want to do now to build their team. So not every team's willing to go out there and spend. So now that it's cut down, we're talking all maybe 30 out of 32 because two teams over the cap are now going to jump in on tier two, tier three guys. The Dolphins had a really good day. And the reason that we're talking about the Dolphins is because they're pretty much in the same boat as the Bengals, except they have more cap space and more picks. They have less talent on the roster because they traded away their starting tackle Laramie Tunzel, but they got two first round picks for him. They traded away Minka Fitzpatrick, but hey, again, first round pick in return. Mm-hmm. And then they go out, they replace Fitzpatrick essentially with Byron Jones. You're doing okay there. That's a wash. Uh, they don't really have a replacement for Laramie Tunzel anywhere, but they also go out and say they signed Kyle Van Noy. And with Brian Flores, if there's anywhere he was going to go outside of New England that you would feel reasonably good about him succeeding, it's Miami. So. With the good development of de- with a good track record, I should I meant to say of developing players in one year of Brian Flores's regime in Miami, this is a really good start for them, and that again is what's frustrating. Maybe we expected this, right? I thought that they, I thought we'd hear their name today, and I guess I guess you're saying we did. They were in on Kwiatkowski. Yeah, I thought we would hear. You know, they're interested in X player. They're one of the four teams in on Joe Schobert, but we're not even getting that. And part of that is that I think this particular regime of Bengals coaches is tighter, not as many leaks, but you'd be Mm -hmm. hearing it from agents if there was contact for the most part. For sure. And I think at the very least we could put two and two together. Typically 
we can do it pretty well. And at this point, um, yeah, I think we're still waiting on a couple of days. And the reason I think they're in on Kwiatkowski is because there's really only three contracts that have probably been had that we said, yeah, that sounds like a Bengals contract, maybe even a smidge above, but within reason if they want to go spend this year. So there's only really only been a, a few guys that I think are maybe in their range or that they missed out on the rest. And maybe it shouldn't be this way. Maybe our standards shouldn't be this low that we be. think Jack Conklin shouldn't come here or Graham Glasgow won't be an option. It, they should be in, in on those guys. You know, well, we, look at what we did yesterday. We did the simulation. We, we tried to be conservative. And we still ended up paying Graham Glasgow more than he actually received on the open market and Nick mm-hmm. Kwiatkowski more than he actually received on the open market today. And those... despite overpaying them by a million dollars, we still were like $35 million under the cap going into the draft. They could have afforded both those guys. Oh, yeah. Like, look, look at those deals. Yes, they're high. Uh, well, not Kwiatkowski, but in Graham Glasgow, if you want to pay for a, a top guard, that's what you got to pay. Um, they could have afforded them. And if they would have made those moves today, like we said, the Dolphins, man, they went out and spent them. I mean, they're, they're a much better team now, whether it works or not. I know winning free agency isn't everything, but if the Bengals went and did that as a Bengals fan, if they went and got Glasgow and Kwiatkowski, how would you feel? You'd be like, whoa, here we go. New team. Let's go. You know, they're, they're signing guys. They're a player. They're trying to win. And instead they didn't. So I understand why people are like, man, you know, it's just, you kind of hope they will. You hope every year it's going to be different. And I know it's only day one, but those top guys are gone now and they they're going to have to pick it together and and the, I think the hard part of like every, I'm all down for tier 2 tier 3 guys because I think getting the right value especially when you're 2 years removed or 2 years away from actually competing right the Bengals probably are so because of getting a rookie uh, quarterback in kind of the situation if you're 2 years away you should, probably shouldn't be going out there break, breaking the bank putting final pieces the final few um gems on the crown if you will you should be playing in the tier 2 tier 3 range but I don't trust the Bengals to get those correct at a higher rate. And, and I wish I felt better about it um, because even just look at last year and the guys they paid, right? You're right. I, I'm cut Bobby Hart today. I won't blink an eye. Um, Preston Brown and, and John Miller. I mean, those are your big signings if, in BW web. Okay. Take it or leave it. Right. There's a bunch of guys. Yeah. They'll help you. They'll round out your roster, but you can't depend on them. It's that's not enough for a team that went two and 14, right? If this is where we are on Wednesday, when the new league year opens and we're still in limbo on Dalton and we're still not getting any news about any of these guys in tier two or the top of tier three, then I'm kind of starting to get, well, I'm, I'm already starting to get frustrated, but like then I'm frustrated, right? Cause yeah. then it's passed you by and all this rhetoric, all these hints that, you know, we have our list of guys and it sounds like they, you know, they talked to Kwiatkowski didn't work out. Well, what's your contingency plan? Let's go find yeah. out. Because if Kwiatkowski was plan A, well, plan B better be more expensive than plan A because plan C is is cheap and doesn't change anything. And that's right, right. If Kwiatkowski was a tier two guy for us, he was for you, but and he got that weight. He get where he was signed. That's fine. I think you were more right than I am, obviously. Um, so if that was your plan A, all right, what's plan B? Because it's obvious it doesn't seem like Maybe not. It doesn't seem like Littleton and Schober are probably out of their range. Um, at, I meaning, meaning it does seem so. That's not in their. Who's next then? Is it Pierre Lewis? Is it Devondre Campbell? Is that good enough? No. And I don't think it is. No. Man. And at guard too, right? They're not going to actually go get a good guard. No. That's where we're at. We're going to get a John Miller type guy. You hope maybe and those those guys work out, but not always. So it's risky. 
I think at this point, uh, I'm not even sure they address tackle for the next three weeks or, or guard offensive line. I mean, for the next few weeks, but I'm just looking at Anthony Casenza street here, man, the dolphins okay. on day one signed Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, mm-hmm. Shaq Lawson. They, they three guys Clayton, on defense, man, Clayton Fedgelin to go, go play special teams. And they have three first round picks. That's how you rebound from a tank job. He finishes that. And he's right. And I agree. I, Spot on. Th- this is what the, the yeah, they're never going to go sign that money. I know that, but we can still demand it and hope for it because that's how you win eventually. Yeah. There's a difference between like what's real and what's likely and what is realistic. And apparently we overshot what was realistic. Yeah. And we tried to even pull it back, though. I mean, we we didn't go crazy fan. No. Let's go get these top five guys. We no. said let's maybe they get one tier one guy, and then get a couple tier two, and then a bunch of tier threes or fours. Fine. I mean, I we tried to pull it back a little when, I mean, the Dolphins just went out and got the number one guy on our board, Byron Jones, and then uh, number two in Cal Van Noy, and we didn't have Shaq Lawson on there because I thought he was gonna make ten million dollars a year. He did. He probably would have been a tier two guy. He would have been a tier two guy. So that, that's where the frustration comes from. It's the division between the philosophical outlook that most NFL teams have of we're going to go sign players in free agency when we have cap space and we're going to manage cap space when we're not good. We're going to have a lot of cap space. You look at the teams that have a lot of cap space right now. They're generally teams that aren't very good or, at the, or are at the beginning of a window. The Colts maybe being the one exception. Mm. The Colts can go spend $30 million even after signing Buckner to a huge deal. And Costanzo. I mean, they've made two moves right now. Sure, one's re-signing, just like an A.J. Green is, but they did do it. So, um, yeah, the Colts are in. They're probably going to go spend 25 on Phillip Rivers. But the rest of the teams that have a bunch of money, like, are, are, are picking around where the Bengals are picking this year. Meanwhile... There's a, there's a reason, right? When you don't have any money, it's because you probably don't have a quarterback on an expensive contract or you're a bad team. Meanwhile, even after the Bengals get rid of Andy Dalton's contract, they only have... You know, they're playing in it. They're playing in their own constraints. And that's what's mm-hmm. frustrating. The, the division between the reality, what we know they're going to do, what we know about the way they operate, and, and the way the rest of the NFL operates. And this is what, you know, this is what the national media is talking about, right? They're talking about Mike Brown's cheap. Well, the stats bear out that he spends money. Well, who does he spend the money on? Right. Bobby Hart. And And that's the frustration, right? Think about how many guys they could restructure and spend a little bit less on. You could give a little cash. How much? Six million. Wait, what's the restructure? How does that? Right. So think about it. How how would the other teams handle this? Yeah. Well, maybe that's a conversation for another day because we're going long here, but it, right. I'm just I'm just trying to paint a picture, right? Of, of I'm not like I'm not losing my shit yet. Uh, but but if it continues this way for two days, then it's okay. This doesn't work for me anymore. You have to at least play on day two and three. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe we can accept you're not going to sign guys on day one because you know the Steelers generally aren't out there signing guys on day one and and they're successful. But this was a weird day one, though. I mean, tier two, three, and four were all attacked today. Even still, the, the, the Patriots didn't make any real moves today. The the Steelers didn't make any moves today. Steelers can't, though. I mean, it's a big difference there. I mean, the Eagles did. The Ravens did. 
the the Ravens. So this is this is what that's another thing that's frustrating is how did the Ravens always find these teams? Like, are they just asking? Is that I, I asked right. this question last year too? Constantly. Like, how how do you find these guys for fi- fifth uh, fifth round picks? Do I just call the Dolphins? Be like, hey, can I have Cam Wake for a fifth round pick? Right. And uh, maybe that's a bad example. I don't even know if that's Cam Wake was probably somewhere else last year. He was in, they got Marcus Peters last Tennessee. year for a fifth. Yeah. I mean, is, is, is it that easy? You just call and ask and then somebody's like, okay. Or, or you know, or how, how is it that the Ravens always seem to do it? And why can't right. the Bengals do it? Right. Does Is that team, is it the, are the Jaguars sending out a memo to all 32 teams saying, hey, Calais Campbell is available on the trade block? You know, is it like how I imagine it is? Or is it really like you call your five guys you know you can trust, other GMs, and say, hey, you know, I got Clyde Campbell over here. You, you know, what do you want to give for him? And that's it. And the other teams just don't know that guy was ever available. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's been one signing here five minutes ago. We're now at 9.15 Eastern time. Adam Schefter reported that George Fant reached an agreement with the Jets. So the Jets miss out on Conklin. They miss out on Glasgow. And instead they signed George Fant. That guaranteed money, $13.7 million. We're getting closer to when the Bengals can start to play realistic ball. Are you are you happy to pay George Fant ten million dollars a year with thirteen million guaranteed? No, but neither are the, we know the Bengals won't. So I mean that you can look at these deals two different ways, right? Oh, you can't give that away, and oh, the Bengals are never interested in that. So when can we start to really pay attention? There's there's good signings when there's bad signings. This is not a good signing. We'll be back tomorrow, Bengals fans. Hopefully, the Bengals will have done something of their own, so we're not complaining about what other teams do instead. Just, just, uh, I would say, I'd say, Joe, you're a little more panicked than me. You're a little more frustrated. I'm kind of like, we'll see how tomorrow goes. And if tomorrow is the same as today, then, then I'm where you are. I think. I think I can change my level of excitement or panic due to new information at any moment. So you go well, sign Joe Schober or Corey Littleton, and I'm and I'm like, whoa, where do we go? If of they sign Kevin Pierre Lewis. I'm happy, you know, so um, I can, uh, I will adjust. But as of today, day one was a failure. I think your division got better, two teams at, at the very least. Um, and it doesn't feel like you're getting what you want from Andy Dalton in that trade arena. So I sit here and go, damn, all right, we, we can win tomorrow. But today we did not. I, I just feel, yeah, sure. I guess, I guess so. I just feel like it needs to be a wait and see to some degree. Um because we really like and so little is is happened so far that we have to see what's going to play out. And the Bengals could not do what the Ravens did, apparently. No one else in the NFL could. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about what's going on tomorrow. Hopefully, really hoping that we have something good to talk about tomorrow. Because today the best news we had is that the Bengals were in on uh, Nick Kwiatkowski and they lost the bid. So on that down note, looking forward to more craziness tomorrow. At least we didn't trade. DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and a $10 million a year age washed running back. Anyway, till tomorrow, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 